Section 52 of the Kerner Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Report of the National Advisory Commission on Civil Disorders, Kerner Commission Report. Chapter 17 Recommendations for National Action, Part 3. 2. Education. Introduction. Education in our democratic society must equip the children of the nation to develop their potential and to participate fully in American life. For the community at large, the schools have discharged this responsibility well. But for many minorities, and particularly for the children of the racial ghetto, the schools have failed to provide the educational experience which could help overcome the effects of discrimination and deprivation. This failure is one of the persistent sources of grievance and resentment within the Negro community. The hostility of Negro parents and students toward the school system is generating increasing conflict and causing disruption within many city school districts. But the most dramatic evidence of the relationship between educational practices and civil disorder lies in the high incidence of riot participation by ghetto youth who have not completed high school. Our survey of riot cities found that the typical riot participant was a high school dropout. As Superintendent Briggs of Cleveland testified before the Commission, Many of those whose recent acts threaten the domestic safety and tear at the roots of the American democracy are the products of yesterday's inadequate and neglected inner-city schools. The greatest unused and underdeveloped human resources in America are to be found in the deteriorating cores of America's urban centers. The bleak record of public education for ghetto children is growing worse. In the critical skills, verbal and reading ability, Negro students fall further behind whites with each year of school completed. For example, in the metropolitan Northeast, Negro students on the average begin the first grade with somewhat lower scores than whites on standard achievement tests, are about 1.6 grades behind by sixth grade, and have fallen 3.3 grades behind white students by twelfth grade. The failure of the public schools to equip these students with basic verbal skills is reflected in their performance on the Selective Service Mental Test. During the period June 1964 to December 1965, 67% of Negro candidates failed the examination. The failure rate for whites was 19%. The result is that many more Negro than white students drop out of school. In the metropolitan North and West, Negro students are more than three times as likely as white students to drop out of school by ages 16 to 17. As reflected by the high unemployment rate for graduates of ghetto schools, and the even higher proportion of employed workers who are in low-skilled, low-paid jobs, Many of those who do graduate are not equipped to enter the normal job market and have great difficulty securing employment. Several factors have converged to produce this critical situation. Segregation The vast majority of inner-city schools are rigidly segregated. 
in seventy-five major central cities surveyed by the u s commission on civil rights in its study racial isolation in the public schools seventy-five per cent of all negro students in elementary grades attended schools with enrollments that were ninety per cent or more negro almost ninety per cent of all negro students attend schools which had a majority of negro students in the same cities eighty three per cent of all white students in those grades attended schools with ninety to one hundred per cent white enrollments racial isolation in the urban public schools is the result principally of residential segregation and widespread employment of the neighborhood school policy which transfers segregation from housing to education the effect of these conditions is magnified by the fact that a much greater proportion of white than negro students attend private schools studies indicate that in america's twenty largest cities approximately four out of ten white students are enrolled in non-public schools as compared with only one out of ten negro pupils the differential appears to be increasing urban schools are becoming more segregated in a sample of fifteen large northern cities the civil rights commission found that the degree of segregation rose sharply from nineteen fifty to nineteen sixty five as negro enrollments in these fifteen cities grew ninety seven per cent of the increase was absorbed by schools already over fifty per cent negro and eighty four per cent by schools more than ninety per cent negro by nineteen seventy five it is estimated that if current policies and trends persist eighty per cent of all negro pupils in the twenty largest cities comprising nearly one-half of the nation's negro population will be attending ninety to one hundred per cent negro schools segregation has operated to reduce the quality of education provided in schools serving disadvantaged negro neighborhoods most of the residents of these areas are poor many of the adults the products of inadequate rural school systems in the south have low levels of educational attainment their children have smaller vocabularies and are not as well equipped to learn rapidly in school particularly with respect to basic literary skills as children from more advantaged homes when disadvantaged children are racially isolated in the schools they are deprived of one of the more significant ingredients of quality education exposure to other children with stronger educational backgrounds the coleman report and the report of the civil rights commission establish that the predominant socio-economic background of the students in a school exerts a powerful impact upon achievement further the coleman report found that if a minority pupil from a home without much educational strength is put with schoolmates with strong educational backgrounds his achievement is likely to increase another strong influence on achievement derives from the tendency of school administrators teachers parents and the students themselves to regard ghetto schools as inferior reflecting this attitude students attending such schools lose confidence in their ability to shape their future the coleman report found this factor destiny control to have a stronger relationship to achievement than all the school factors together and to be related for negroes to the proportion of whites in the schools 
In other words, both class and race factors have a strong bearing on educational achievement. The ghetto student labors under a double burden. Teachers the schools attended by disadvantaged Negro children commonly are staffed by teachers with less experience and lower qualifications than the schools attended by middle-class whites. For example, a 1963 study ranking Chicago's public high schools by the socioeconomic status of surrounding neighborhoods found that in the ten lowest-ranking schools, only 63.2% of all teachers were fully certified, and the median level of teaching experience was 3.9 years. In three of these schools, the median level was one year. Four of the lowest-ranking schools were 100% Negro in enrollment, and three were over 90% Negro. By contrast, eight of the ten highest-ranking schools had nearly total white enrollments, and the other two were more than 75% white. In these schools, 90.3% of the teachers were fully certified, and the median level of teaching experience was 12.3 years. Testifying before the Commission, Dr. Daniel Dodson, director of the New York University Center for Human Relations and Community Services, stated that inner-city schools have not been able to hold teaching staff between 1952 and 1962, almost half of the licensed teachers of New York City left the system. Almost two out of every five of the 50,000 teaching personnel of New York City do not hold regular permanent licenses for the assignments they have. In another school system in one of the large cities, it was reported of one inner-city school that of 84 staff members, 41 were temporary teachers, 25 were probationaries, and only 18 were tenure teachers. However, only one of the tenure teachers was licensed in academic subjects. U.S. Commissioner of Education Harold Howe testified that many teachers are unprepared for teaching in schools serving disadvantaged children. They have what is a traumatic experience there and don't last. Moreover, the more experienced teachers normally select schools in white neighborhoods, thereby relegating the least experienced teachers to the disadvantaged schools. This process reinforces the view of ghetto schools as inferior. As a result, teachers assigned to these schools often begin with negative attitudes toward the students and their ability and willingness to learn. These attitudes are aggravated by serious discipline problems, by the high crime rates in the areas surrounding the schools, and by the greater difficulties of teaching students from disadvantaged backgrounds. Reflecting these conditions, the Coleman Report found that a higher proportion of teachers in schools serving disadvantaged areas are dissatisfied with their present assignments and with their students than are their counterparts in other schools. Studies have shown that the attitudes of teachers toward their students have a very powerful impact upon educational attainment. The more teachers expect from their students, however disadvantaged those students may be, the better the students perform. Conversely, negative teacher attitudes act as self-fulfilling prophecies. The teachers expect little from their students, the students fulfill the expectation. As Dr. Kenneth Clark observed, 
children who are treated as if they are uneducable invariably become uneducable in disadvantaged areas the neighborhood school concept tends to concentrate a relatively high proportion of emotionally disturbed and other problem children in the schools disadvantaged neighborhoods have the greatest need for health personnel supplementary instructors and counselors to assist with family problems provide extra instruction to lagging students and deal with the many serious mental and physical health deficiencies that occur so often in poverty areas these conditions which make effective teaching more difficult reinforce negative teacher attitudes a nineteen sixty three survey of chicago public schools showed that the condition creating the highest amount of dissatisfaction among teachers was lack of adequate provision for the treatment of maladjusted retarded and disturbed pupils about seventy nine per cent of elementary school teachers and sixty seven per cent of high school teachers named this item as a key factor the need for professional support for teachers in dealing with these extraordinary problems is seldom if ever met although special schools or classes are available for emotionally disturbed and mentally handicapped children many pupils requiring such help remain in regular classes because of negligence red tape and unavailability of clinical staff an example is provided by a national education association study of detroit before a disturbed child can receive psychological assistance he must receive diagnostic testing but before this happens the teacher must fill in a form to be submitted to a central office committee if the committee decides that psychological testing is in order the teacher must fill out a second form to be submitted to the psychological clinic the child may then be placed on the waiting list for psychological testing the waiting period may last for several weeks several months or several years and while he waits he sits in the regular classroom since visiting teachers are scarce and special classes are insufficient in number the child who has been tested is usually returned to the regular classroom to serve more time as a sit-in teaching in disadvantaged areas is made more difficult by the high rate of student turnover in new york city during nineteen sixty three sixty four seven of every ten students in the average segregated negro puerto rican elementary school either entered or left during the year similar conditions are common to other inner-city schools continuity of education thus becomes exceedingly difficult the more so because many of the students entering ghetto schools during the school year come from rural southern schools and are behind even the minimum levels of achievement attained by their fellow northern-born students end of section fifty two recording by maria casper